Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Creeping out the fog, I start to sense out something's wrong. My heart is racing fast, beating out of time. But driving me insane, why are you hard right to my brain while I just skip along and tell myself I'm fine? Okay. It's very, it's a very, very serious time of year. Football is back. I know. And I was in I was in North Georgia this past weekend, and I'll I'll have to send it to you all later. But um, I know that football season is near because there was display at this country store of a a vittle made by Backroad Country. It is a jar, and it's kind of pinkish in color, and it's perfect for football season. Oh, is it pickled eggs? Close. It is smoked, is it red, feet? hot, pickled bologna. Oh, pickled bologna. Uh, and it looked great. And it, it definitely, it definitely made me think of a uh, football season. I'm sure and, it didn't. I mean, it it sort of did. <laughs> but I first, my first thought was I would eat that, and my second thought was I should not eat that. Um, <laughs> and then my third third thought was, which is the thought I'm having here, which is that. This would be perfect for football, and what better way to celebrate football than to take a thing that that could be really great, you know, a really nice pork product, and instead get a really cheap, overly processed one that is kind of nameless and not special in bologna. Um, special to some, but really the uh, rookie deal running back of uh, your Sunday spread. Yes, finally an episode where i'm not going to be the only one bitching and moaning about capitalism yes (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) um but but no i i think we we were kicking around topics you know being football and there there is this Honestly, of all things, it started with Max mentioning that the Patriots have how many running, uh, how many quarterbacks on their roster? Uh, one. Yes. Um, uh, which is Mac Jones on a rookie deal. And who do they no longer have playing quarterback for them? Tom Brady. Well, no, but more importantly. <laughs> it's been like that for a while. Brian Hoyer. Yeah. Bailey Zappi. <laughs> that's, Bailey that's Zappi. Bailey Zappi, who is a serviceable backup, was exciting last year. But there's all this cost-cutting around the league with with quarterbacks. Uh, yesterday, Colt McCoy, the backup, also really the starter for at least the first four games of the Cardinals, a completely serviceable, if unenthusiastic and uncool quarterback for the Cardinals because um, he's old and costs money. And all the running backs that we'll get into are being given crap deals because – they are stars and older and cost money. And I don't know. I watch the NFL because there are really cool guys that I know from places and I know they'll do stuff like Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing yards last year. And he came to camp late because nobody wanted to pay him. And I'm, I already don't watch a lot of football. Do you all like me have some hesitation about a sport that's trending towards like, no name people 
as their stars. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I all all entertainment products are better when there are recognizable faces involved. Um, but the the zappy thing is like to me that one makes a little more sense because it it feels akin to a theory that um that has been put forth by Bomani Jones and a few other people which is that if you look around you never see a black starting quarterback with a white backup and that there's a very specific reason for that which is that basically when it comes down to it um NFL fan bases as like a big amorphous entity, not all of the specific people are kind of just racist enough that at the first sign of anything not being absolutely perfect, uh, they will raise holy hell to get the white quarter, uh, white backup put into the game. Um, now, this is not a theory. This is an absolute fact, as we saw uh, in recent years with the Dallas Cowboys and one Cooper Rush. Um, <laughs> Jack, Jack Prescott, just on on volume, I'm not talking about like net favorables like we would do with a political candidate, might be one of the most hated athletes at, like in history. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but Mac Jones... Uh, who obviously is is not a black starting quarterback, um, but I, I think they might have just realized that he's bad, and and have decided to sort of apply the theory there and say like, well, w- they can't bitch about how he's bad if he's literally the only one on the roster. <laughs> I remember there would be the uh, the old adage that the uh, announcers would bring up, which is. You know, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks because the fans, <laughs> oh, the fans will just complain that the other one should be playing. If you, oh. if counterpoint, if you call having one quarterback and Bailey Zappi having two quarterbacks, you legitimately do have zero quarterbacks. With all due, with all due respect to Bailey Zappi, and all due respect to Mac Jones, which is no respect. Yeah, I, I think that I, I so I don't watch much NFL at all, and I, I hardly pay attention to any offseason news, and I kind of tune in for week one and, and see what's going on. But the 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 thing that I kind of you know get in the limited amount that I view it is that there are like ten awesome quarterbacks, and no one else in the NFL really matter matters. You're not you're not wrong, but a lot of the scuttlebutt that's made in the offseason, as evidenced in the um, uh, Justin Herbert contract that was announced by Adam Schefter in ways that will bend your brain in terms of what is guaranteed. There is a big deal made about how much quarterbacks are paid, and it is a, it looks like a lot for more than 10 quarterbacks, but ultimately it's it's kind of smoke and mirrors um case in point the the infamous Taysom Hill deal which was <laughs> which had no money in it but looked like it had I, I think like nine figures worth of money in it but it's not 
it's not real in and especially with these running backs it's like this this um yeah again smoke and mirrors of like well you know they're worth a lot to us but there's like this push and pull of if you do well and and you're you're young you're you're leaving your rookie deal you want to get a contract and you want to be paid for a period of time i mean these rookie deals are are five years i want another five-year deal or even a three-year deal but unfortunately the nature of football is the people who run these teams of course in theory they'd like to win but they don't they know what happens to your body and they don't necessarily trust you to be around five years from now. And I feel like increasingly that becomes, it, it's, it is an unsaid thing, but these actions speak very loudly in terms of, I mean, I enjoy watching the Giants. Saquon Barkley has had injury concerns, certainly, but he was really spectacular last year. He should probably get a three-year deal or something like that. Did he get that? No. They gave it to Daniel Jones, who cannot breathe out of his nose, assuredly. Uh, so I don't even think it's that unsaid. And and my, my supporting evidence for that is that every time there is a running back prospect who looks like he might be a potential first-round draft pick, um, A – if that same guy was coming out of college 30 years ago, he not only would be a guaranteed first round pick, he would be pretty much a guaranteed like top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is immediately a chorus of draft Knicks howling at the moon about how you should never draft a running back in the first round. It's not even rookie contract anymore it is you know it is we want someone who is on the most Mm non-guaranteed deal possible for the smallest amount of money um because their their legs will fall off like that that statistics it's it's true you know ezekiel elliott was a top five pick like in 2015 or 16 um Mm -hmm. and is the Cowboys let him go this offseason um, so they could not really pay Tony Pollard either. Um, but we were, you know, you and I were talking at some point about what was going to happen with him and, and how it was weird that he wasn't, you know, given more of a shake. And I like looked up his his stats. I was like, no, this guy has had a tremendous number of carries in his career already. and And so like the you know the mckinsey assholes that are ruining sports more and more every single day have already made their minds up that he will never get anywhere close to like a you know a, a contract commensurate to his sort of standing and reputation as a football player ever again never in his life um and even the other guys even the guys who are not seen as the same kind of like workhorses we're putting, you know, we're wearing the tread off the tires. Like the other two guys who the two guys who got big money extensions in, in recent years, and maybe Dalvin cook is on this list too. I don't remember what his, his last deal with the Vikings was, but the saints paid a 
big pile of money for Alvin Kamara. And that kind of hasn't really worked out. Um, uh, the Saints are not a good example for anything <laughs> involving the use of money, though, because I am convinced that everyone in their business department, um, if you look at their LinkedIn, there will be a suspicious gap from where they all worked at Enron in the 90s. Um, and Christian McCaffrey got a big extension, and he's not with the team that gave him that contract anymore. So so part of it is, and Max, since you brought up the, the sad departure of Bailey Zappi, <laughs> Sean and I and Kevin, we watch a lot of NBA basketball, and that is such a star-driven league. And there are lots of people right now who are having long careers. There's maybe a better, a better understanding of what this does to your body. Football, everybody is getting faster and stronger every year, and their heads are getting scrambled increasingly more, unfortunately. And I mean that seriously, because it's very bad. Hey, and, hang on. And, Sorry. I don't, I don't want to interrupt the flow, but I literally just got a push from ESPN. Zach Taylor firmly denies that Joe Burrow's absence from Bengals practices related to contract negotiations. Oh, see? See? But here's the thing, We're ruining everything. Maybe, Pay the man his fucking money. Maybe we are wrong, Max. You grew into football fandom in the heyday of the Patriots dynasty. Besides Tom Brady, and I will say, I will add, Tom Brady, they always made such a big deal of him taking less than the market value on his contracts because he was getting money thousands of other places. But one thing that defined the Patriots is like, they did not have offensive skill position stars, but they had all these like cult heroes. And and do you think that maybe we're framing it wrong by by thinking of it in a professional sense and we should almost think of it more as, I don't know, the college sense where, you know, you have these guys for a little bit and you really love them and they become cult heroes. Oh, I think it's a, it's a complicated situation. I don't well, think and I should wrong, say I, I should say because you, you balance by- it with with so you've got the oh, I'm going to say this and I'm so sorry, but the Patriots way you've got the Patriots way, um, but but also like you are a big fantasy football player, which is right. in many ways the opposite of that, and I don't know which is maybe which is more exciting for you, and if it is that dichotomy that drives it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if excitement's the right way to look at it. Like, I think it's pretty clear that running backs peak younger in their careers. And so the contract limitations are not terribly favorable to them if they're coming out of a rookie contract and all the statistics suggest they're not going to, you know, provide as much value to the team. And to your point, the Patriots and other teams have, have semi-proven that, like, they're not necessarily going to make or break the team. Like, I don't know that it's a proven metric of success to build a team around one star running back when a committee of, of rookies may do, but it's, beyond it's the not, point, but it's also like to your point about fantasy football, like it, it also kind of fantasy football is like a, a probably a huge driver of attention to the NFL and therefore yeah. revenue. And it's, I don't think a positive move in the fantasy world to be like, well, I, I don't, there's like no value in, in, running back so yeah that gives but, me that's a question real quick i haven't played fantasy football 
in maybe like four years or so now and it used to be picks one through five it was arguing about which five the order of the five running backs oh that's totally inverted now yeah so i was curious what like what is the what is the first two rounds of a fantasy football draft it's a lot of it's a lot of receivers a couple running backs and travis kelsey um as a person who now like my i'm at the point where my only real sort of week to week connection to the NFL is fantasy football. I don't I don't watch the NFL by choice. I sit down and watch a a you know broadcast Five network game. I'm going to watch like think <laughs> think about it. I live in I live in Virginia. Who the fuck do I get on my TV? The, the Commandos and the Ravens every week? No chance. You couldn't pay me enough to watch that. <laughs> or if you're not careful, you get Panthers games. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so fate worse than death. And now, and they've also they've like moved, you know, they've moved Sunday Ticket onto YouTube TV, and it's like three hundred and fifty dollars for the whole season. It's like, student. Well, tough titty for me, I guess. But like, there's just there's nothing, there's nothing that could make me, you know, I don't think there's anything that could really make me want to like sit down and watch an NFL game on the weekend. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just, I, I, yeah, Max, I think the, the fantasy thing is, is interesting because that does drive a lot of interest and you do your fantasy. And now there's a direct connection to the gambling. And if you, if you're like, ah, this, this, you know, running back four, I, I guess I'm going to, you know, have a $10 bet based off of them this week. Cause they're on my fantasy team. That's not as exciting as being like, Oh, well, you know, I've got Christian Crafty to, to catch 10 passes and have 150 plus scrimmage yards. And I've got $50 on that. Like there's this, you know, team to star to, to gambling, like connection. And like, I don't know. Yeah. Seems- and I think it does go back to excitement, like for both fantasy purposes and just excitement purposes. Like I, I think it is more fun, which at the end of the day, like it's an entertainment product. I, I can't say this objectively. I think it's more fun to watch like one stud running back rush for 150 yards and four touchdowns than it is for some no name guy to come off the bench and score one touchdown, like not one no name guy to come off and score four touchdowns. That's exciting. But to have it as a committee where it's like, all right, like, no one player got more than 45 rushing yards. And and because it, it is also true that it is fun and exciting to see someone unexpected pop up and have a great game. Like that's, great that's game. true. Yes. But what isn't fun, and, and this is the problem, is what's not fun is turning on the TV and realizing there are no stars on the field and knowing it's because your team's front office has done a million expected value simulations and decided that the the possible value of gambling that one of the no-name guys will break out every week outweighs the fixed cost of paying the salary of a star player. I hate that shit. I, well, I think I disagree, though. Like, how many... Do you think the average NFL fan is paying attention to that or cares about the front office decisions and the co- that like most of the contract I, information? I, I, like I at the end of the day, I, it's an entertainment. 
product, I don't think and I don't that know they, that fans are caring. I don't think they think about it in in that specific a way necessarily, but like I can't imagine I can't imagine that Giants fans don't are not gonna turn on their TVs throughout the season and go, it's really fucking stupid that we're not paying Saquon, that he's not getting 25 carries a game. Well, especially he is our best player. Yeah, he, especially because I'm sure he'll do really well. So so that's the thing. And, and Kevin, this is going to be a question for you as, as mm-hmm. you know. Well, it's all just, you, sorry, but before, before we move on, this is just like, this is, this is the capitalism gripe. This is the, the front offices, the organizations have gambled that the everyday people that watch the sport will side with them and not the players. And they they're probably kind of right. These are the same these are like the people that, you know, think that the Hollywood writers and actor strike is stupid. Yeah, and and that's kind of what I was going to get to with you Kevin is like what they're what Sean's bringing up is they're saying you're going to root for this team mm-hmm. regardless. And what I realize, and we see that we've talked about this, but with all the sports now, these front offices realize that by setting everything up, like you know you're going to lose, but you're going to make money losing. And if you're a GM or a coach, you can say, oh, I got a long-term plan. But the thing is, and, and Kevin, not to pick on you, but you are a fan of a team that is usually quite bad and has been so for a while and has been extremely, extremely, extremely poorly run. But the thing is, yeah. is if if you know, and hey, I watch I watch Falcons games, I watch a lot of Giants games, so you can say the same for me too. But if a team is going to be bad, I still want to see someone who is like doing cool stuff because it gives me hope. I still want to see a star, and so like with um with the Falcons, when I watch the Falcons, um. They just don't throw Kyle Pitts the ball. He's the best player they have. He's a wonderful receiver. And they don't throw him the ball. And it's like, you're going to lose anyways. Don't you want, like, just give me one thing that gives me hope. And so that's my concern with this is, like, we don't even have that. Yeah, Enjoy I, I the next that's... two years before they decide they're not going to pay Bijan Robinson either. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I, you know, gravitate toward the NBA now is that even when the team is bad, there's usually a couple of a couple of guys that are promising, and then those guys usually get paid by by the team where they they try to. I mean, in in, in football, it seems like I, mean, I guess with the the Washington football team, which is what I'll continue to call them. Um, <laughs> They they actually do pay their guys and they just pay do it in a misguided way. Like I think they made a great call to not pay Kirk Cousins way too much money, um, but they also have a lot of you know really historically bad overpayments. But they just yeah they they don't really have a focus and and they started to get like a good um, a good defensive line going and 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 and, and they didn't pay guys. Chase Young correct yeah they didn't pay Chase Young um, yeah. again injury concerns. But like for the for the for the a while, the recipe to winning a Super Bowl was if you, like every year it would be the team that has the really good defense that is a bunch of guys that are underpaid at the moment, and then they all earn their contracts. The teams don't want to 
pay them or they have to kind of spread them out and then they get spread out and that team sucks. That's what happened to the Seahawks. That's what happened to the like the Nick Foles Eagles uh, and you know like a handful of other teams, some Ravens teams. Uh, so it's just like, I, I think that for me, it used to be I would tune into Sunday Night Football and NBC would do a great job of like the production and the prep that they would do and they'd get really excited about the game. They'd be like, hey, look, this team has this running back or this receiver or this defensive back and they're freaking awesome. But then when, when I watch it now, it's like they don't really have like one guy that they're locked in on. And if they do, it's usually like just some random guy no one's ever heard of now that's like, you know, scoring. And it's just, I don't know, for me who doesn't see these teams, except for when I tune in for Sunday Night Football, it's just not as not as fun. Well, and and this is the thing I'm interested about, and this kind of goes back to Max, the, the fantasy point, is like they, like, understandably he has had injury concerns and just been weird. But like Odell Beckham for the last few years has just kind of floated around for, for weeks on end and, and been coming back from stuff, but then shows up in like, is helping a team win the Super Bowl until his knee explodes. Like, is is there a part of you that is like, please, please just sign, just sign the veteran who is maybe old and and his body may not work totally anymore. But like, I will watch because I know that they are on my team. I, I feel like that's kind of lost in this. It's like, I think there are people who will turn it on even if the person is past their prime. I mean, even if it's to laugh at Colt McCoy. I mean, absolutely. That's what happened with the. I mean, that's what happened with the Patriots signing Randy Moss. Like, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Also, not pa- not past it at, at that point. Randy uh, Moss was very much not, like, breaking down and totally past his prime. Well, I'm Moss. arguing that Odell isn't either, but... R- f- fair. Yeah, yeah. I, and and I would say the same thing with, uh, with Ezekiel Elliott. Like, Sean, you and I had the conversation, and, and you looked at numbers and saw him... Um, a downward trend but what i saw is like even if that's a downward trend that's better than almost everybody so like put him on put him on my team like I, granted ezekiel Elliott has has issues we don't need to get into that here overall but I mean, never someone like this yeah <laughs> someone like that like i will tune in and i feel like that's what these owners lose is like i know you want to you want to get so efficient with your costs and everything else and like you know if we're not going to win then we're going to maximize our draft picks and and so on and so forth down the line but like this is an entertainment product like and this is why we bellyache about baseball it's like we watch to watch people do cool stuff that we can't do and like if i don't know who that person is how am i going to remember to look for them you could be someone on the defensive line we even talked about that or like uh, a cornerback who gets a lot of picks if you're just looking for a, a rookie and then or an undrafted free agent that you're going to shuttle out in 20 minutes like i don't know i'm not going to turn into your game whereas you know kevin you mentioned the nba like i'll turn on a hornets game and watch it happily for a while because i know Lamelo ball is going to do cool stuff i, I mean that's a level I, of I that it. is a level of masochism i still can't understand yeah, I mean, i'll watch like 25 teams i don't know if the hornets this is this is my thing it's like you can do literally anything else you can do anything else with your time 
you can if you know if you pay for league pass you can watch a different game you can watch a show on netflix you can watch a movie you can cook something new and adventurous you can read a book you could go for a walk you can you know uh, you, you can share a, a a tender moment with someone you love you could call your parents and talk to them just like they're uh, you you don't you don't have to strap on the feed bag and spend four to nine hours watching football on Sunday just because it's there. Like you don't, this is my impassioned plea to the world is learn that you don't have to do this shit because, yeah. because to, to go back and, and slightly amend a thing that I said a few minutes ago, the, the teams are not actually like the owner of the lions is not actually truly gambling that Detroit lions fans in Detroit will, you know, will revolt and, and be upset if they don't pay Jared Goff or whoever. Um, they don't give a fuck about their fans because their money doesn't come from their fans. We don't pay them the billion dollar TV deals. So as long as, you know, as long they're gambling, really, that CBS and Fox or Amazon or Netflix or Apple will continue to think that there are enough people that will strap on the feedback and watch whatever slop gets put in front of them just because it's football and it's there, that they will continue to print money that they do not deserve and have not earned. And and keep in mind, they they only have nine opportunities for you to show up and give them money. So you are not the, I feel like that's, you're not the driver. It's not like baseball where you have 80, 81 opportunities to show up and give them money. But Kevin, you were saying. Right. I was just saying, I know that basketball and baseball have the extra revenue at the at the gate for the home games. But I just, I find it so weird that in basketball and baseball, you hear nothing but like, wow, did you see like the contract that Nas Reed got? Like they're paying this guy a lot of money to be just like a okay basketball player. Where in, in football, it's like, yeah, you, you can be, awesome but if you aren't in one of the two positions that people care about you really have to you have to like fight for your money and it seems like football is so much more popular that it should kind of be the other way around but uh, there's probably something we said there about one the roster sizes are very yeah. very large and and you know the nba has two-way deals and stuff like that so more people can be around but you know it's still 15 players or whatever and then um no their their salary cap is probably unnecessarily low like almost almost certainly is an nfl roster is five times the size of like an active nba roster uh the nfl salary cap is less than twice as large and uh, the nba has eight thousand different loopholes where you can go over the cap so really it's more like 50% 50% more for being I mean, this, a five times larger league. But is, is the salary cap, is it 
should it be raised and the owners just don't want to spend that money to do it is that salary the, caps the, should not exist they are a cop-out to give the uh, owners cover to not pay the players they always I, have been they always will be sorry yeah i know but not that's I not directed in terms you. of the nfl uh the reason the nfl one is so low compared to the nba is just because the owners don't want to pay or is there a good, good reason I mean, I'm sure that the revenue they get is like, why, why would why would they change a thing that to Yushan, he's been kind of making this point is like, there's no push for them to change it because people strap on on the feedback and just continue to do it. But I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 Max, I think you, it, not that it's wrong, but I think you is are someone who will watch if it's on more than anybody else and that's totally fine it's it's often really well done entertainment well produced entertainment. <laughs> sean's saying it's not fine but i, I, I think that I, there's I wanna... a lot of entertainment available that's maybe not worth but you watch it you watch so... it in places with you watch yeah. it in places with people you watch it in like the kind of the i think fantasy sentimental and, and way yes it, it makes it more of a, a social thing than watching a solitary tv show but but sean's right you, you don't have to watch it and and that is that is freeing at times as well to remind yourself that hey, it's a lovely fall day. I'd rather go apple pick. I'd actually, I'd probably I don't watch need to watch this football game. if it wasn't in the fall in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, winter. And, and, and to be clear, like I, I don't, I don't yeah. think that I'm like, I'm not trying to take a victory lap and say that I'm I'm better <laughs> I'm better than you because I don't watch NFL football most of the time. Like I, that it's you do what you want to do, but like. I do. I think it's worth examining. I think it is worth like taking oh, yeah. a step back every year and reevaluating and saying, do I really want to do this? And I would feel I know for sure that I would feel differently about it if it were more of a social thing for me. But like, it's not. And so I'm just not going to like I'm not going to what I'll, I'll watch seven hours of the same show on Hulu in a row before <laughs> I watch <laughs> like a Jets game. So, I mean, this is what you all have led me to is that if there aren't if there aren't exciting people to watch and you don't have any particular draw, it really kind of feels like um, driving by yourself. It, it's like if you're going to do it on your own. That is a very bad thing for the environment being your well-being. Like carpool, go watch it with other people, or just do something completely different. Don't get in the car. Is, is oh, I think going for a long to. drive by yourself would be way better. Well, I would, but I'm saying like it is akin to like <laughs> it is bad for the environment, carpool, no doubt. Just like, listen to Max. the football game on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you should go to like a bar like Max does and, and watch it at like 9 a.m. Because that at least you're helping the economy as opposed to just you know your local one as opposed to just giving the Ford people money. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's whatever. We'll all watch week one and then watch every week because we're broken. Yeah. Um. All right. But before I I keep getting, before my blood pressure keeps spiking and I keep like inadvertently taking unintentional shots at people, uh, let's move on to Pierce's sorry. Okay, quickly, and you just got to give me your answer, Kevin. How much would you pay for a jar of pickles? Uh, four dollars. Four dollars, Max. For a small jar. Small jar. Any, just any jar of pickles. Jar of pickles. Uh, eight bucks. Eight dollars. It's the most you would pay. 
All right, Sean. Yeah, that's that's about where I'm conditioned to. I think I All I right. could see myself paying more. All right, not, so I was at. It would have to I be extraordinary. The, yeah, so I was speaking of extraordinary. Yeah. I was at I was at the counter of a place, kind of like prepackaged weighed um, items, getting some pickles recently, among other things. I looked over at the till. I was, was adding up. I was said to the the cashier, I said, "Excuse me, excuse me." Those cornichons are not $1,000. <laughs> it said $1,000. Now, what I'm apologizing for is not for that because it did get sorted out. What I apologized for in the moment is there was a bit of a language barrier and the person was like, what is $5.59? I said, I don't have anything that's $5.59. The, the pickles are like around $4. And they go, and, and so they continue checking out and they go, no, 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 what's 559? I'm like, I'm looking around. I don't have anything that's that's 559. And then they said, if you need to return it, don't if you need to return something, don't return the pickles because I'll get in trouble. And what I realized is they had given it to me for free because they didn't know what it was. And so then I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I see what you mean. You mean per what is the unit price, the per pound? I was like, here it is. And I could tell like that alleviated a lot of stress for this workers. They were like, I don't know what I gave this person for free. I need them to tell me or I will get in trouble. So be careful, but you should never pay $1,000 for, I mean, they were cornichons, but you should still not pay $1,000 for them. So yep, watch out for those pickles. You definitely should not pay $1,000 for cornichon unless the way you are indirectly doing so is by uh, spending most of that money on airfare and or mm -hmm. accommodations to go to France and eat cornichon there that you also did not spend $1,000 on. Yeah, you just should not spend that kind of money directly on pickles. That's for sure. All right. Uh, let's do a big idea from pop culture. And I sent a text to our, our group thread at like 9.15 this morning uh, previewing that it was going to be something negative, that it was going to be like a what grinds my gear sort of thing. Um, but partially, I'm feeling like I need to reverse that because I was just a real curmudgeon for the last 35 minutes. Um, and partially... I completely forgot whatever I was worked up about this morning and couldn't refind it in my browser history or screenshots or whatever. Uh, so I got to come up with something new. Um, okay, here we go. Um, I, uh, a couple weeks ago, listened to an episode of the podcast uh Touré show it's hosted by this guy named Touré who is like a famous uh kind of music journalist who specializes in like hip-hop and rap journalism and he had on uh Bomani Jones and Michael Smith also formerly of ESPN uh to spend like an hour and a half just like having rap conversations slash arguments. Um, 
and I just it's a fascinating conversation if you're into that sort of thing um, I really appreciated Bomani's argument that complexity for complexity's sake is not intrinsically valuable um, and it also prompted me to uh, order a copy on vinyl of one of the albums that they discussed as something that really like was was sort of prophetic and, and told the future of what was coming for the rap industry uh, and it arrived yesterday and I have not had time to put it on yet uh, but I, I am very much looking forward as a result to listening to my copy of De La Soul's 94 album Stakes is High so yeah uh, it's on streaming now too uh, I think we talked yeah. about that um, a while back when they became available but uh, I would I would also recommend, uh, you know, people who are into rap music, go track down this episode of Torre Show, uh, where he and Bomani and Michael Smith talk about music for an hour and a half. Um, okay, now that we've done that, let's close it out with a trivia question from Max. Yeah, I had one, um, and maybe I'll switch to it if you guys don't like this one, but we'll we'll give it a go. Give it a go. Um, we're talking geography, actually national parks again. Um, without multiple choice options, what is the only United States national park in the Southern Hemisphere? Sean, I, <laughs> Sean, you like, <laughs> it's not a visual pod. Sean I, looks I, lost. I mean, I was I was fucked on this question when you said national. <laughs> we're doing national parks again, but that's Fair that's okay. Um, God, I have no idea. Fair. That's fair. Kevin, what do you think it is? I'm I'm interested what you think cuz I I just my my guess is uh, Everglades. I don't know if that's far enough south. There's uh, so there's I was going to no say there's way it's far enough. I, there's one that's called like Tortugas or something that I think is in the Keys maybe. It's Dry it's tortugas. south. Yes. I'm guessing that we have underthought this or I am about to severely overthink it. And say that there is actually some sort of like there's some national park that's in like Guam or American Samoa. All right. Well, I don't know the names. <laughs> questions of harder than I thought. It is the national park of American Samoa is is the only U.S. national park. In hey! the um, I think I think that I think that should count. Fair. I'll I give it to him. Uh, a follow up, which is what Ludicrous. is the. I, but this one, I, I had a lot of trouble fact-checking, which is the northernmost national park in the continental U.S. Uh, and I'll give you options there. Is it Acadia National Park, Olympic National Park, Teddy Roosevelt National Park, Isle Royale National Park, or Glacier National Park? Glacier? I don't think Glacier is continental. Yeah, it is. I'm just saying, like, uh, not in Alaska or, is, or Hawaii. Is, it's in Washington. So this, it's in Montana. I, uh, I'm okay. gonna go. I'm gonna go with Olympia, just because of how yeah, longitude works. Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll go with Glacier. All right, it is. It is Glacier. Um, so congrats <laughs> to Kevin and Sean. I was gonna add in. Uh, North Cascades National Park, and I couldn't confirm whether or not Glacier or North Cascades is further north because they both border Canada. So, 
There you go. <laughs> There's some geography. All right. Well, that that was I am I am officially the Danny Woodhead of <laughs> National oh, Parks trivia. Got to go. <laughs> so on that, on, on that note, that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Kevin. Thanks for listening. Bye.